G'day, humans. What's good? We're Chris Funder here with Fruity Sargs for another edition of Wrestling Hostile. Alex, how the bloody hell are you, mate? I'm feeling bloody bonzer, champion. How about yourself, mate? Oh, yeah, you're having a right rip a day, you know. You're going to go down to Bolo, get a few bevos, and then head around the servo, see Daylo. <laughs> yeah, well, it is that week where, you know, as much as I think we should change the bloody date and all that, it is Australia Day week. Yes, indeed. Uh, very controversial day for another time. <laughs> yeah, but I, I do love that where I live on Christmas week, the bins we take out are the red and green bins. And on Australia Day week, you have to take out the green and yellow bins. It's <laughs> easy to remember. Ah, well, they're, they're quite colour coordinating down there, it seems. Yeah. Um, but I suppose this is a. A uh, sort of return of sorts, given the archives sort of been wiped, given the uh, the corruption of my computer and trying to save what I could, and it didn't really work. I swear to God, if month nine of Fugs is gone forever, rip, big rip, F's in chat. Is that what you Twitch streamers say? Yeah, F in chat. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying my best to save that one. We'll see how we go. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, if it does get lost, get ready for a month nine of bugs. Um, very reminiscent of the Snow Day episode of Raw. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um, yeah, so straight off the bat, uh, return here. We have trying to be recording, and then my laptop went down, and a bunch of the files got corrupted trying to move them across to the new computer or the newer, older computer, and... Yeah, I'm trying to save Fugs, and pretty much everything else is corrupted to the point where it hasn't captured the audio correctly. So, yeah, that yeah. was fun. Yeah, man, I can't believe you lost our uh, exclusive one-on-one interview with Vince McMahon, Nick Khan, and Tony Khan. Oh, well, the humans are going to have to miss out. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, uh, uh, a great, great loss to the world there. But uh, I suppose a lot's happened in uh, six months. Sam Punk returned. <laughs> Shit. Uh, Dynamite uh, got a second show in Rampage. Yeah. Uh, hit Row debuted. Let's see how that goes. <laughs> More WWE releases and uh, Ring of Honor closed down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My God. Oh, we lost all of that. Um, a lot of that we uh, we touched on in the rap. Uh, not the rap, the... Uh, the best of show that's coming out next week. So that's unscathed. Yes. Cool. Good. <laughs> All right. I'm pretty um, sure I'm, I was a, a few beers deep and don't really want to go and re-record that. <laughs> no, no. Um, I was very rambly on that episode, so apologies for another probably four-hour extravaganza. Um, yeah. Get I'm your looking... money's worth. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm looking forward to talking about my 2021 Wrestler of the Year on today's episode. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, so a bit of a different rap, uh, just sort of touching on the news a lot. Uh, so speaking of the news, <laughs> do we even need to touch on Wrestle Kingdom or what they branded as Wrestle Kingdom? My God. Yeah, that... 
three nights of Road 2. That's what it felt like. Road to New Beginning. Yeah. And what happened to New Year's Dash? That was cancelled because I did the Noah show and everyone was like, okay, we're going to take a night off and then do a Noah show in a different city. That sounds pretty cool. That Noah show did not live up to expectations. Like, I had been watching some Noah stuff to get familiar with everyone before the big cross-promotion show, so I was excited to see um, a couple of the matchups. But, yeah. yeah. The worst part was, I feel like the Noah guys kind of outshined the New Japan guys in a lot of the matches. Yes. I felt like they went out there with um, more to offer. Yeah, like, especially that Congo-LIJ match. I felt like um, Nakajima and Keno in particular, like, they looked like megastars compared to Naito. Yeah, yeah. And, And they sort of did something stupid, booking themselves into a corner with the, um, uh, whole New Japan versus um, Noah aspect on the card, but Noah certainly delivered him in my um, uh, what do you call it? In my opinion. Yeah, definitely. Um, there was a few questionable decisions in, in it all. In particular, New Japan pretty much slaughtering Noah and all the results. Oh, Raw does that every year to SmackDown. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it could have. They could have just worked it so it just came down to the last match, and you you can just use Mudo's ancient. That's the excuse as to why Noah lost. But not yeah. not um, you know, that up and coming promotion New Japan needed to get their rub. Yeah. Um. Other than that, anything sort of um, of note coming out with your your new... Um... Well, of the three nights of Wrestle Kingdom, uh, my biggest highlight was Kenta versus Tanahashi. That yep. match was incredible. Um, but then it comes out afterwards like, Kenta had like seven different injuries coming out of that match. So like as much as I loved that match, maybe you don't need to put yourself through all that. Yeah, um Shibata's match. I mean I was kind of hoping for something a bit more. And I said this on the Smack It Down podcast, available wherever you listen. Um, If WWE advertised a match with a stipulation and then at the very last second changed the stipulation, everyone would be losing their freaking minds. But New Japan does it with Shibata. Yeah. And... Oh, it's okay. Five stars. <laughs> um, no, 
No, it's not okay. It's not okay at all. They should never have... Like, as much as reports have come out that Shibata went into business for himself and that was his call... Yep. It was like the day before that they announced the match was changed to catch rules. And then it got changed back to a regular wrestling match. Then, like, the... second the match was about to start like i don't know yeah and and why why like let your viewers like have their imaginations run wild about who the opponent would be if it's just going to be ren narita just announce that beforehand like oh my god it's a young lion that's not a big surprise. Come on. I like Ren, but where's um? Oh, the standout from C Block. Suji. Uh, twenty twenty. Yoda Suji. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that would have been good. I get the story here is that Narita's been training with Shibata in America. Yeah, LA Dojo. Yeah, it's just why did they not announce him? Yeah, that, announce him beforehand and you can do some video packages and stuff of him saying, like, I'm training to learn from him. J- just announce it beforehand so people aren't running wild on the internet going, oh my God, we're going to get... Because like before before night one, we didn't know Suzuki was going to be in the King of Pro Wrestling um, oh, but yeah. Rambo. So like my timeline was full of like, oh my god, are we really going to get Suzuki versus Shibata? Because people are just putting two and two together. Oh, who's not announced? Oh, we might get Jay White versus Shibata. We might get Suzuki versus Shibata. Like, you let everyone's imaginations run wild so that when you send out Ren Narita, everyone's disappointed, even if it was just a, a showcase match, which I fully agree is the right way to book Shibata at the moment. He doesn't need a big match, a big-name ma- opponent, because the draw with him is the fact that he's just wrestling. Yep. But when you leave it as a mystery opponent, everyone's going to be like, oh, what's... Oh my god, Abushi's not on the show. We're gonna get Abushi versus Shibata. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, you've um, you sort of shot yourself in the foot there. Also, night one, you have one of your world champions in an undercard six-man tag: Osprey, Okan, and Cobb defeat Lij, Naito, Sonata, and Bushi. Yeah, well. This is the guy who's headlining night two, and he's in a six man on the undercut. Oh, New Japan yeah, looking at the moment. Yeah, you've got Osprey going head to head, like hold for hold with Bushi the night before. He main events of Wrestle Kingdom night two. Like, yeah, the undercut tag matches, I've said it until I've gone blue in the face. They're unnecessary. All you've done is turned a one-night show, spread it out into, well, this time, three nights. Like The third night, let's be real, like as much as 
you know, it's New Japan versus Noah. It was an entire card full of tag matches. <laughs> yeah. Like, meaningless tag matches that are probably going to go nowhere. Like, the only thing that looks like it's going to get followed up from on from night three is it seems like they're teasing Shingo versus uh, Nakajima for the JHC title, which will be incredible because Nakajima is quickly becoming one of my favorite wrestlers. But, yeah, um, this was just, especially the first two nights of Wrestle Kingdom, it was one show spread over two nights. Half yeah. of it's meaningless bullcrap. You get a Rambo with fucking no surprises in it except for Fujinami, which he seems to be, like, the yearly surprise. Like, this is the only time I'm going to make this comparison, but it's, like, every year for the Women's Rumble. Oh, my God, Kelly Kelly's here. Because <laughs> Kelly Kelly... You leave to... ECW legend Kelly Kelly alone. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I just compared Tatsumi Fujinami and Kelly Kelly. But <laughs> every year, Kelly Kelly's like a surprise entrant in the Rumble. Like every other year, Fujinami's like a surprise entrant in a Rambo. Like, yeah, rule of diminishing returns or whatever they say. Yeah. Um, not to just sucked. The also, fuck me. <laughs> like, uh, uh, I, I need to get this off my chest. Mm. I'm sick of fucking Togi Makabe and his song not being allowed to play on New Japan. You are the guys that are booking this. Fucking give him a song that he can use on your fucking streaming service. What the fuck? <laughs> yep. Still... Like, that's so stupid. <laughs> so fucking dumb. Oh, and guess what? Night three, Wrestle Kingdom, when I was watching it live. Oh, you watched, some... you paid for this live. Uh, I went splitsies with us. Uh, well, I went over to one of my Sid co-hosts' house and watched it. Ooh. And <laughs> I don't know if you heard about what the fuck went down live trying to watch this. No. They didn't have the rights to anyone's entrance music. <laughs> My oh. God, is it so fucking, like, off-putting watching wrestlers come out taunt and pose to audio cut off. Just, like, not even, like, like all they've got piped in is the commentary because they're not actually there. So they've piped in the commentary over dead silence. Uh, so it's like a uh, Ring of Honor entrance in an empty arena, but without the music. Yeah, Ring of Honor does it better. Because they have the rights to their own fucking music. Like, what is up with this? Oh, boy. You got Okada coming out to dead silence <laughs> in a stadium full of people. <laughs> Uh yeah, it it was it was very stupid. Um yeah, I did not pay for this live. I saw the card on paper and went, yeah, this looks like all right in ring, yeah. but it's the same New Japan booking for every Row Two show. Yeah, it is well, a ton of multi mans. 
Uh, Jay Silver, the co-host from the Sid Pod, um, huge Japanese wrestling fan, has been trying to get me to get into, uh, what's that called? I was going to say TJ. Yeah, it's TJP, Tokyo Joshi Pro or whatever. TJ yeah, the... per... Perkins Wrestling. Um, <laughs> it is yeah. part of um, Cyberfight along with Noah and DDT. Yeah, he's been trying to get me to get into that on on um, I think it's called Wrestle Universe or some shit. Yeah, it's through um, Noah's and DDT's streaming service. Yeah, and he's just obsessed with Noah at the moment and all that. So he's like, oh, let's have a let's have a gathering. You know, it's a Saturday night. Let's come over and watch it and all that. And we pretty much missed the first. Well, I think the only matches we caught on night three were the last three matches because it took us that long to figure out how to work the live streaming website that it was on. Some some weird thing where we needed a VPN to watch it and a VPN to even pay to watch it. Oh, yeah. it was a pain in the ass, man. It was on fight. Yeah. But... But to get on fight, you need to pay for the other two nights of Wrestle Kingdom as well. Yeah, and, like, why would you do that if, you know, you've got... New Japan World? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, What do you think of the um the Stardom Exhibition tag match? I thought it was uh, one... That was night one, yeah? Night two. Night two, yeah. Well, that that was a definite highlight match for me. That was great. Um, I thought all all the women involved were fantastic in that. I would love to see that be a regular thing in New Japan for their big shows. Yeah, yeah. So would I. I wouldn't mind seeing the um. Like, if you're gonna do two nights of Wrestle Kingdom, maybe incorporate a bit more of Stardom. Like, there was room for a stardom title match or something on these shows. Yeah. For sure. Bushi didn't need to wrestle the next, like, night two on the undercard. And as much as I love Tenkozy, they didn't need to wrestle in a six-man on the pre-show of night two. And Yeah. Yeah. There is room for that now if you are going to fully incorporate that Bushi Road partnership and... Maybe uh, what's the second biggest show outside the um the tournaments? Uh, Dominion. Dominion, yeah. Yeah, which is about the midway point of the year. Even having a sh- a, a match on there to see how the fans outside of Tokyo react to to Stardom as well would be interesting. Yeah. Um, I suppose that's all for Wrestle Kingdom. I've seen some highlights and heard some mixed reviews about the uh, the next little thing that I want to touch on uh, before we sort of get into what we mainly talk about, and that is the world on GCW. <laughs> I that was good as me. Yeah. <laughs> I've been um, excited to talk about this. Um, now, I'm assuming you uh, got this through Fight. I did. I watched this live. I called work and I said, hey, I've got a situation here. I'm unavailable <laughs> between the hours of 11 and 3. 
Um, <laughs> that's all I said, and I don't know. I got away with it, I guess. Uh, I've got geez. a situation here. <laughs> I, I didn't lie. Jeez. Uh, um, yeah, so I caught some of the highlights uh, here. The trios match, uh, the fourth match on the card here, I thought was uh, a real good uh, trios sort of Lucha Libre rules style matchup. All right. Uh, let me put on my large Coke bottle uh, reading glasses right now and my high pitch voice and travel to Tennessee and say, like, what the fuck was this match? God damn! <laughs> the fucking... Oh, the fucking piggyback Canadian destroyer bullshit. <laughs> nah, not Bit for far. me. Not for me, man. Yeah. Uh, um, like everything else was was all right. I just that spot. It's. I guess that made me realize. Uh, I sometimes I I agree with Cornet. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it just felt too. Too fucking, hey, just stand there for a second. I'm going to do this. Oi, everyone, check this out. Like, yeah, it just felt too much like kids playing on a trampoline for my liking. Fair enough. Uh, how about the next match I want to touch on? Not so much the match, but the entrance itself. Uh, Joey Janela versus Matt Cardona accompanied by Chelsea Green. My God, I have a lot of thoughts on this match, as you know I would. Uh, this match features my runner-up for Wrestler of the Year 2021. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll just leave it at that for now. But um, this entrance, and is Cardona, what championship did he have going to the ring? Oh, that's the internet title. And where did he get that from for anyone who may have missed the last few GCW shows? Um, well, he's had it since 2010 on his YouTube show. Ah, okay. Yeah. I did see him fall out. Go on. Uh, then he lost it to Effie a few months back and then won it back. And, like, Effie ended, like, Matt Cardona's, like, 10-year title reign (laughs) because WWE refused to acknowledge that title. Um, yeah, dude. But... I'll, I'll came... just jump in. Go, go. Because I thought he was referring to, at one point, didn't he call out Rhino for being the last TV champ of ECW? It all yeah, so he said won to it. Fans. He won it off Rhino. <laughs> so that's where I was about to go, and he won it. So that's the belt I thought he like um did what he did with the GCW heavyweight title and made a custom. Like, <laughs> GCW network title or something. So the next night after he beat Rhino for the ECW TV title, what is this career he's having right now? The next night he had a match with, this is why I say, what is this career he's having? Another member of the WCW Fugs roster, uh, or alumni of, uh, Ricky Morton, he had a match with him. And before the match... He did a, a lunger blaze and put the ECW t- TV title in a trash can <laughs> because he said he doesn't want to get a cease and desist for using this. 
I love that. I love how he said to the fans too before that match with Rhino that they should recognise the last true champion of ECW, Ezekiel Jackson. Yeah, everybody, show some respect to Ezekiel Jackson. So good. Um, like, legitimately, this guy is the perfect fit for GCW in this in the sense of he is everything that is the opposite of GCW. Um, so his entrance here, the the very uh, familiar sounding music plays, and he comes out with Chelsea Green. He's got a beer. Chelsea's holding a kendo stick. I'm thinking, oh yeah, I know this song, and uh, but it's different lyrics, and the fans are pissed. <laughs> and it's always ready. <laughs> yeah. Mad Cardona. <laughs> yeah. So he's ripping off the Sandman's entrance from ECW One Night Stand 2005. Yeah, and what is he wearing? (laughs) What is Uh, the jacket he is wearing? Oh, I didn't catch a good clip of it on the uh, highlight video. It is a a red cut-off flannel jacket, (laughs) and on the back it simply says, Fuck Mick Foley. (laughs) Why? Oh, because, like, there was, like, a GCW show uh, a while back where Mick Foley just, like, randomly in the middle of a promo said, fuck Matt Cardona. (laughs) So Matt Cardona, being the genius that he is, hey, we're in, like, one of the homes of ECW. Who does ECW fans love? Sandman, Mick Foley. Let's just disrespect the fuck out of both of them in the just by standing here. And that's what he did did. Like And this match, if you've ever listened to his fantasy booking show with wrestling figures, it is an he always like overbooks shit. It's like, oh then there's a run in, then the the lights go out, and then these people come out, and then, oh, my God, this happened, and that happened. And then, like, um, this match was exactly him, like, when he books his wrestling figures. <laughs> like, it was just insanity. Like, some of the interferences in this match. Did, yeah. did you catch all of the run-ins here? I think my boy popped up at one point, didn't he? Yeah, that was after <laughs> the match. So, uh, quickly going over it. At one point, like, the whole build-up to this match was Joey Janela showing photos of, like, him and Chelsea Green pretty much rehashing the Ric Flair-Randy Savage angle from WrestleMania Eight. The whole, she was mine before she was yours. Woo! Um... That whole thing, uh, Joey Janela had photos of him, like, feeding grapes to Chelsea Green and shit like that. Um, and then Chelsea Green runs in, low blow to Matt Cardona. <laughs> but Matt Cardona's wearing a cup, so then she low blows Joey Janela. It was all a swerve, bro. <laughs> and then, and then J- Janela gets up a hand, they get interrupted, it's my boy, Smart Mark Sterling. And he, like, says, oh, your friend Vince is here, Matt. He's got something to tell you. 
and out comes a dude like dressed like shit, but wearing a Vince McMahon mask. <laughs> he then struggles to take off the mask. It's Vincent. It's Virgil. Tanner. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> my God! Yeah, tenor. Um, then Joey Janela's brawling outside the ring. He gets grabbed from underneath the ring. It's fucking Hornswoggle. <laughs> Swoggles there as well. Swoggles there, uh, looking very much like AJ Styles these days with his hair. Um, and then. <laughs> Fucking Marco Stunt and Hornswoggle have a fucking immovable object versus irresistible force stare down in the middle of the ring, which was incredible. I loved it. Marco's taller, though, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, taller. A lot taller. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, uh, that was great. Um, my God, yeah, then, uh, like, shenanigans occur. Janela's got the upper hand. Then all of a sudden, a la One Night Stand 2006, a guy with a biker's helmet on and a leather jacket spears Janela through a door in the corner, removes the helmet, and it's Edge had Kurt Hawkins. <laughs> oh, that is perfect too for the, the yeah. Edge reference. I didn't even pick up on that until you said yeah, yeah, like, it was 100%. Like, it's the exact arena that that happened in. And, like, there's signs in the crowd, if Cardona wins, we riot. Well, I didn't see any riot, did you? Because Cardona wins. Yeah. <laughs> and then after the match, like, they continue to beat down, like, Stunt and Janela, like, Hawkins, uh, Myers and... Cardona and music hits. It's the Run DMC version of the DX song. And out comes your boy, X Puck, with a couple of spinning heel kicks and stuff. My God. He... <laughs> <laughs> Make some noise. <laughs> Make some noise. Yeah, X Puck looks ready for his rumble spot, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, he he looks great. Yeah, this match was just overbooked nonsense, but I loved it. I thought it was great. And um I think we're gonna get like some weird ass six man or something coming out of this with Janela Stunt and X Buck versus uh Cardona Myers and Swoggle. And I'm all about it. I won't say no. Uh Following that, uh, just touching on a couple of the other feature matches here. Co-main event was John Moxley defending his GCW World Heavyweight Championship against Homicide that went 11 minutes, uh, Moxley retaining there. And in your main event, the Briscoes, Mark and Jay, <laughs> the GCW Tag Team Champions, uh, their open challenge was answered by Matt Tremont and Nick fucking Gage. Yeah, he's back. Like, all week there was rumours going around of, like, Nick Gage is out of GCW and all that sort of shit. Did it was you, a work. 
did you hear the um? Oh, I forget the actual owner's name, but he did an interview on post wrestling. Oh, I didn't. Brett Lauderdale, though. Yes. Yeah. Uh, John and Way were interviewing him, and he's saying, "Oh, last I heard, Nick said he was out of the wrestling business, and he's joined a ministry down south. And you know, we wish him all the best in his new life." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's great. Um, um, yeah, that that's fantastic. Uh, I now, believe you forgot to touch on a, another match. Just quickly, isn't this pairing of Traymon and Gage, wouldn't fans of Zandig and CZW be familiar with this? Like, yeah, this is like a couple of CZW originals. Yeah, isn't this hate club? This is, uh, yeah, this is a version of the hate club, yeah. Jesus! Uh, um, hate club? I thought they were dead. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. my. <laughs> the, the only criticism I have about the main event is... They ran out of time. They ran out of time. They went yeah. five minutes and Cardona went 20 minutes. <laughs> Yeah, Cardona may have uh, gone into business. Yeah. Your stuff yeah. In. I mean, they did a lot. Like, like you look at some of these these matches, like Cardona went 20 minutes and then every match after that barely goes 10 minutes, if it goes 10 minutes. Um... <laughs> Yeah, uh, just quickly touch on um, Ali Catch versus Ruby Soho was great, but Ali Catch loses. They brought in all these big names to go up against their GCW guys, and all the GCW guys lost. Yeah. Uh, Janella, Ali... Alley catch, yeah, homicide to an extent. Uh, yeah, like, my God. Effie. Uh, yeah, I think it's time to touch on Effie. Um, I never thought I would hear a crowd in unison in 2022 scream, fuck you, slap nuts. <laughs> fuck you, slap nuts. My God, that made me so happy. And out comes the Tennessee Undertaker. Like, Jeff Jarrett in his black trench coat, his black cowboy hat, black, like, tank top, muscle shirt, and black pants. Like, to be fair, his arms are looking jacked. Did you see the finish to this match? Uh, no, I haven't. So... Jeff Jarrett hits Effie over the head with the guitar. Then, as per usual, the middle of the guitar busts around Effie's neck. And the frame of the guitar is wrapped around Effie's neck. And with the frame of the guitar, Jeff Jarrett hits the stroke, throat first into the frame of the guitar. Yep. It looked so badass. The rest of the match was kind of shit, but the finish was great. So yeah. great. Um, Jeff Jarrett just coming in and murdering Effie is quite a choice. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's going to continue. Out of all yeah. the ones where a regular lost, I think that's going to be the one that continues at least for one more match. Are, are um, we going to see Jeff Jarrett versus John Moxley in 2022? Possible. Like, my God, I want it. I want it so bad. Um, now, uh, for me, and I have heard others say this, yes, the nitpicking is the time, especially for the main event. This is exactly what happened at um, All In 2018. Yeah. They were on a legitimate pay-per-view, uh, str- uh, pay-per-view platform, so they had a hard out. They didn't leave themselves enough wiggle time at the end in case something happened or went wrong. And they had a sub 10 minute match. Yeah. Um, Yeah. These guys should have learnt from that mistake, especially going on to pay-per-view. A lot of fans saying it was like um, all in part two. I heard a lot of the Americans fans saying, I think with a lot of the advertisement stuff that was going on for this, I think they failed to, um, capitalize and i have listened to the observers podcast and um post wrestling and both brought up a really good point of them not really pushing upcoming events no not pushing spring break with joe janello you could have pushed that during the the matt cardona match you could have pushed um you know blood sport during the moxley match yeah like they got some big shows coming up in dallas and all like in, uh, they got some big shows like next month in Texas and shit. So, yeah, which I didn't even know about until the yeah podcast we're talking about that. I'm just like, when you with your most eyeballs go, we're coming to your neck of the woods, Texas. Da, 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 da. Every week you watch Dynamite or Rampage. Yeah, they always advertise that. They go, oh yeah, dark and. Uh, Elevation Air Free on YouTube. So they're always saying that, but they're saying it in a way that's not bang right in your face like WWE. They're doing it more subtly. I yeah. think, yeah, this this will be telling to see how well um, Spring Break and WrestleMania Weekend do and their shows in between there, given they had their most eyeballs and they sort of dropped the ball in uh, advertising regard. Uh, anything else you want to add before we move on? Uh, overall, <laughs> like, you got everything you kind of hoped to see from a GCW show in this. But I did feel like, I don't know, I was kind of wanting more. I don't know if Homicide was the right opponent for John Moxley in such a big show. Like, I get it over the weekend. They did the Indie Wrestling Hall of Fame, the first class of that, and Homicide was one of the guys they inducted. Um, That's available for free on the Game Changer YouTube. Worth checking out. Sam Punk was there. He inducted Dave Prezak. Um, Yeah. um, Tracy Smothers got inducted, by the way, which was awesome. Um, yeah, it was Homicide being the GCW title contender. I don't know. It wasn't for me. Uh, Like, the names they have on their roster, they could have easily have done something big. Like, and AJ Gray, like, I think that's where they're going eventually. 
because he yeah. won that ladder match. But he's like one of the biggest up and comers. I don't even think he's that young, but he's like one of the next top guys for them. And this would have been a great show to sort of elevate him even further than doing a lame version of a lame ladder match AEW did once. <laughs> you see that thing? The brass ring ladder match? Ah. Uh... They yeah. did that. I don't know why they did that when everyone didn't like uh, the first time AEW attempted it. Yeah. Well, hang on. We've uh, got movement on the field here as uh, Alex yeah. goes to check on the uh, field. Stop <laughs> it! I gave you boys bones so you could shut up. Ugh, idiots. Ah, well. Um, Cute idiots. Anyway. <laughs> So quickly, uh, that's GCW. We're going to get to some news in a moment. Like I said, this is sort of a all-over-the-shop show today. Yeah, we're uh, just shitting. We're just, like, bullshitting here. <laughs> yeah, just getting back into the swing of things, you know, give it our all, give it 110%. Um, should we talk Royal Rumble? Because that's a thing that's happening this weekend. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Over under on Veer actually showing up. <laughs> I mean, has he wrestled yet? No. <laughs> That's what I'm just thinking. Does Veer debut in the Rumble, quote unquote debut? Because oh. that's, I think, like debuting people in the Rumble is actually kind of. Shit. I I think it's good if you want to position them as a monster, so he goes on a tear and eliminates like four or five people, and then he gets yeah. to a point where he's eliminated by like four or five people pushing him over but, the top. But now we're at a point where Brock Lesnar has literally eliminated half the field in a Rumble match once. Like four to five eliminations isn't even that big of a deal anymore. Um. Like, like if you were to look at the records, like, three years later, oh, that guy only got five eliminations. Oh, Brock Lesnar got 13 or 14 or whatever it was. Like... Yeah, then Ricochet gave him a low boat. Before Drew eliminated him. Yeah. Like, if you're not going to be, like, in there dumping out like 10 people or going the Iron Man route in the Rumble. I don't think debuting in the Rumble is a great thing to do. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just looking at the, the men's list here. This is predominantly raw. We have five people announced from SmackDown, that being Sheamus, Happy Corbin, Mad Cat Moss, Sami Zayn, and Kofi Kingston. Uh, everyone else is... Uh, coming from Raw, except for uh, what they're marketing as the... Uh, what did they market it as here with their wording? Uh, 2020 editions will feature special guest entrant <laughs> for the men. Johnny Knoxville. Yeah. Why? I mean, I mean why not? Fuck it. They got no one. <laughs> Ten years uh. ago, maybe, but the... <laughs> Do you know how old Knoxville is now? Yeah, but he's got his movie coming out in Feb. 
Jackass, yeah. the new Jackass movie is coming out in February. Like, you know WWE loves to shamelessly do crossover promotions. I mean, Survivor Series, dude. Um, yeah. Like, as much as I think it's going to be quite a sad movie to watch, like, a bunch of 50-year-old men, like, jumping out of shopping trolleys, like, okay, cool. <laughs> I like how uh, Jackass is taking the xbox approach to numbering their movies well it's now like forever isn't yeah, it yeah but it's like the eighth jackass movie <laughs> yeah. uh yeah uh i'm looking at this field here i cannot see a clear winner unless you're going to go Big E. but that's not exciting uh, Maybe um, Kevin Owens because he's re-signed. Like I'd you. like to see Owens win. Honestly, I think it's going to be Brock Lesnar. Brock's not announced. Exactly. Oh no! He's going to beat Lashley, and then he's going to win the Rumble, and they're going to do fucking title versus title. Yeah, because. They've completely, like, put that feud on hold that they were building for months. Yeah, that's that's probably a good point. Well, of those announced, I'm going to say Kevin Owens. Uh, we go down to the Women's Rumble, which has much more of an even mix here between Raw and SmackDown. Uh, uh, quickly, cup- of the announced men, <coughs> I, I hope it's AJ. Ooh. AJ needs something. Yeah, that's true, too. Uh, also in the women's, couple of Hall of Famers announced, the Bella Twins and Lita, who apparently it's her first Women's Royal Rumble. So uh, maybe Lita should be going for a concussion test because she's been in a few before. Yeah, she was in that that first one. That was it. But Yeah. Yeah. She cut yeah. that smack, uh, the promo on SmackDown saying it's her first. It's like, oh, gosh. Um, also, Michelle McCall, Kelly Kelly. See? Told you she's a legend. And Summer Ray. Legend. <laughs> WWE legend Summer Ray. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to Michelle. Michelle McCool. The Dark Brad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this one I think is most interesting though. Impact Women's Wrestling Champion Mickey James. Now, does she come out to her WWE music or because this is a cross-promotion, we get to hear Hardcore Country at a WWE pay-per-view? It's her music, though, isn't it? She's the one singing it. Yeah. I can see her pushing for him to give her Hardcore Country. I mean, if she's coming in as the Impact Women's Champion... I think she should. But yeah. if being WWE, she'll get there and they'll be like, here, put in your WWE gear. We're going to give you your WWE music. And no, you're not coming out with the championship belt. <laughs> no, no. It do- doesn't have enough butterflies on it. Um, it has an owl. It does, yeah. Um, yeah, this is going to be interesting to see how Mickey James is booked in this Rumble. Uh, so, yeah, for both fields at the moment, 
about 20 have been announced. I'm looking at the women's page here. Um, I mean, There's, I would say... Yeah. I would say Shayna Baszler, but she spent like the better part of the past two years just doing nothing. Nah, I honestly think um, both Rumbles are going to be won by world champions. Like, look but, at well, who's who's named there underneath Shayna Baszler. Oh god damn it, Charlotte. My Blair. my worst wrestler female wrestler of 2021 I believe um yeah I can see like oh my god can you believe it both champions won the rumbles uh I can see that happening there's a rumor that Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful reported today about a certain someone possibly being a surprise entrant in the rumble or has been asked to be for the women's rumble and you'll be a big fan of this rumor. Ah. Ronda okay. Rousey. Oh. <sighs> sure, why not? We've got nothing else original going on with our women's division. Yeah, I mean, uh, if you have to rely on surprises to come up with a credible challenger, that's more of a you problem, WWE. Like, yeah. let's look at the regularly featured people in this Rumble. Ripley being booked like shit for the past oh, year. Ripley, Ripley and Ash split up because one of them wanted to challenge for the titles and the other one didn't. So, you know, Nikki's there posing on the ropes to the crowd and you go, okay, Rhea's going to turn. And then she turns around and they sort of hug her down. You're just like, oh, okay, they're still going to be friends. They're going the Rapongi Vice way of splitting up a team for once. But it's a swerve, bro. Nikki, the smaller, uh, lighter woman who's predominantly been a babyface her entire WWE career, even during Sanity, yeah, turns on Rhea Ripley, and Rhea is supposed to be the sympathetic babyface. Even hey, though, hey, it worked <laughs> once for Shawn Michaels and Diesel that they think it's going to work every time. They've tried it so many times since. And it's only ever worked for Sean and Diesel. Like the small guy being the heel, the big guy being the baby face. If they but, pulled it off between Dakota and um, Raquel, which I think they've just given up on now entirely, I think it could have worked there. Yeah, well, let's continue running down the regular roster members. <laughs> Dana Brooke. She's uh, a champion. 24-7 champion, not a chance in hell of winning the Rumble. Carmella, <laughs> Zelina, tag champions, chance, no chance of winning the Rumble. Tamina, no fucking chance. Shotzi, no chance. Natalia just got pinned for the like quickest match in WWE history, not a fucking chance. Aaliyah, half of her gimmick is that she gets nervous and throws up. Oh, Not this is chance. like um, draws now. <laughs> the new draws. She's gonna, she's gonna, she's gonna puke. Yeah, yeah, my God. Naomi, she's feuding with a general manager. 
a non She has been for the past year almost, for fuck's sake, just end it. Yeah, like, not a chance. Shayna Baszler has been a GM's bloody muscle for most of the year. And then the final regular roster member, Charlotte Flair. So legitimately, oh, that's from, oh, then you go down. Bianca Belair and Liv Morgan have been out of Bianca won well. last year and Liv, not a chance, Liv. No, not a chance. So, like, it's Bianca or Charlotte Flair. If I, if I was WWE, I'd just fucking let Michelle McCall win this. <laughs> Would you put it on Lita for, like, one last title oh, shit. run? Shit, yeah, fuck yeah. And have what? her go to Mania to face uh, Becky. Lita versus Becky, fuck yeah. Yeah. All well, about it. If if Lita can still go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah, do it. Because um, that's why I'm, I'm looking at the the legends and it's all like, oh, yeah, that's cool, that's cool. But then it kind of gets to a point of, well, that's a good three or four month program at the most, but where do you move on to after that? Like, I don't think there's much of a chance, like, looking at the legends. Like, I don't think Brie Bella, maybe Nikki, because they love him, the Queen of Strong style, Nikki Bella. <laughs> they love them some of that. Um, Michelle McCool, as much as I think it would be great, because... Like, that first Women's Rumble, she was incredible in that. Um, Kelly Kelly, not a fucking chance. Every fucking year, Kelly Kelly's in the fucking Rumble. What a big surprise. Um, Summer Rae, not a chance. Mickey really? James, I, I can't. Yeah, believe, hot take, Summer Rae, probably not going to win the Rumble. Um, <laughs> Mickey James, I would be impressed if she's Final Four. I would be, that would be great. I would be impressed and I would be shocked. <laughs> but I think that would be awesome. Yeah. Um, um, so, like, out of the returning, like, non-full-timers, yeah, Leader's your best shot. Leader needs to win this, actually. Now you got me convinced. Leader's winning the Rumble. Yeah. All righty. Uh, that's sort of that uh should we go on to nxt and sort of what's going on there since well at least since we last talked in uh december yeah sure yep so they got rid of regal <laughs> why you hear the rumors about him going to impact oh i mean good pick up for them if i'm if i'm and here's the problem. Tony Khan can't pay everyone. No, but I'd be... Like, who's his talent scout at the moment's QT Marshall. Like, legitimately, that's the guy that books all the extras for Dark and shit like that. Yeah. That's his talent scout. Fuck off, QT Marshall. <laughs> I'm getting William Regal. Now, um, not only would I hire Regal for that... Would you possibly have him be a manager for the bastard pack? I mean, that would be perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then pack like starts using brass knuckles. Yep, <laughs> good. 
Oh, where's Actually, he from? Uh, He's from Blackpool. So, Newcastle's only up the road. Side tangent, here we go. Um, over the weekend, I was a bit bored at home on a Saturday night. Eliza had had to work a Saturday, so a Saturday night shift of all things. So I was sitting at home and I decided, fuck it, I'm going to watch a random rumble. I'm going to scroll scroll through and whatever I land on, that's what I'm watching. The 2002 Royal Rumble. Okay, cool. And I had such a fun time watching that show. I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch every pre-draft pay-per-view from 2002 because I wasn't, I like, I barely remember that part of 2002. And then I watched, like, No Way Out 2002 and then WO debuts. And then I watched WrestleMania 18 in full for the first time in years. And every line of 18. The main event or the headline? Because it's two completely different things. Uh, Okay, both. All right. The last match on the show, the main event was Jericho versus Triple H. The headlining match was Hogan versus Rock. Yeah, that's the one I remember. My God, that match still holds up. It's so good. It's so good. It's just because of the crowd, but it's so good. Oh, 18, Skydome, Toronto. Yeah, yeah. Um, Scott Hall versus Stone Cold, underrated as fuck. That just oh. sounds like a really odd pairing. My God, it's good, though. Like, that match, Scott Hall just decided, yeah, no one's going to believe I'm going to be able to whoop Stone Cold's ass, so I'm going to take the the best Stone Cold ass-kicking ever. And he just oversells everything, and it's great. Um, and it's not like in a sarcastic Shawn Michaels to Hogan way. Oh, <laughs> gosh. Yeah, and then Ric Flair and The Undertaker had a banger with Ric Flair just obviously bleeding all over the place. And then out of nowhere, Arn Anderson hits a spine buster on The Undertaker. But anyway... I brought up these three pay-per-views because the most consistent thing I saw on those three pay-per-views, uh, January, February, and March of 2002, was the best match, the best technical match on the show, was Intercontinental Champion William Regal. Every fucking pay-per-view I watched out of those three. Like, yep. I think um, No Way Out, I think he had... Edge, yeah, he had Edge at No Way Out. He had RVD at WrestleMania. I think he had Tajiri at Royal Rumble, I think. I can't remember. But every single match was so good. Like, the dude just... It just breaks my heart that he just doesn't get more love. Yeah. And it breaks my heart that he never got, like... Like, he didn't need to be world champ, but he could have had a world title feud. Oh, yeah, him, absolutely. Him, him and Austin could have been amazing. Like, the redneck, the beer-drinking redneck against the posh English guy. Like, that's easy. <laughs> oh, boy. Um. Yeah, so, tangent over. 
Tangent over. Sorry, I just wanted to just talk about how fucking amazing William Regal was. Yeah. Uh, NXT 2.0 is in place. A uh, lot more people gone. Jesus, this company. Um, Scotty Two Hotties now like having matches on the knees. Oh, now that brings it, up the uh, the other point I wanted to bring up about the coaches. Scotty yeah. Two Hotties on talk is Jericho saying the last straw for him was. With the changes to 2.0, they want all the coaches backstage to dye their hair and the male coaches to dye their beard to look younger. Yeah. And they're not even on TV, or if they are, they run out to do a pull-apart, and that's it. Yeah, how fucking stupid. So he just said, okay, I'm done. Yep, fair <laughs> I enough. I don't blame him. Yeah. Um, now, uh, I'm guessing this... I'll let you have the floor a lot more with this, but uh, name changes and copyrights. Okay. Yeah. This isn't even the first time WWE has done this, so we can't blame them for ignorance. To copyright something, you have to check if somebody else has copyrighted it. Oh, this goddamn company. So, Walter, big Austrian guy, sort of, uh, imperial dress, if you will. Uh, yeah. 1940s looking, sort of in ring style and uh, appearance and black and white, and, you know, the big lace up boots and wears the big coat. WWE's like, hmm, what can we call you? Gunther Stark. Gunther. Gunther, I believe, is the proper pronunciation now. Are yes. they. They never like officially named him Stark. No, but the uh, the trademark was that it came yeah. out. The trademark is the same name as a German Nazi commander. So uh, instead, yeah, go on. Um, yeah, a U-boat operator or something. I believe. Um, I learnt more about uh, Nazi history last week than I ever thought I would learn, but yeah, some U-boat operator from World War II or whatever, you know? Yeah. Uh, so instead of WWE seeing the fan backlash and the press backlash to this, going, hmm, maybe we should just call him Gumpher. Wouldn't your reaction be to change the whole name? Keep him Walter this week? and go back to the drawing board off TV and go, okay, we can't use Gumpher Stark and we can't use Gumpher. Let's use something else. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think he should have gone back to one of his early indie names. Yeah. Uh, Big Van Walter. <laughs> I'm here for that. Yeah, that was like... In his early days, it was known as Big Van Walter and Big Daddy Walter. <laughs> so, just call him Big Daddy. Big Daddy Dub. <laughs> Isn't that one of the uh, the old World of Sport wrestlers from yeah, back yeah. in the day in the UK? Yeah, yeah. Big Daddy Shirley Crabtree. Oh, that's oh, a gosh. fucking hell of a name, too. Shirley Crabtree. Sit now... down and shut up. <laughs> oh, wait, no, that's Crabapple. <laughs> uh, um, now, yeah, going back through WWE history, and um, I'll let you speak a lot more on this. But uh, 
going back to when they decided to call up some of the women from NXT and say, oh, we're going to really push this women's division. We're going to put Paige and Becky and Charlotte together, and we're going to call them the Submission Sisters. Sorority. The Submission Sorority. Submission Sorority. <laughs> Yeah, and then the next week everyone's like, uh, "We should change yeah. that. That's kind of a porn site name." Yeah, oh. we googled that, um, and that's the sort of shit not even I would watch. Um, my God, yeah, that was fucking hilarious. Though that was uh, that was funny. That was funny. <laughs> this one's just like, ugh, ugh. Now you were watching around the time I believe this happened, <laughs> as we take a trip back down in memory lane for some of these. Yeah. Uh, what was the original idea rumoured backstage? Because I'm guessing you've heard Bruce Pritchard talk about this on a podcast. Old uh, Heidenreich. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Um, it was going to be a skinhead, wasn't he? Yep. <laughs> yeah. And then he turned into a rapist. But that was actually, like, hinted at on television where he was stalking Michael Cole and, like, teasing that he was going to rape him. Check yeah. out that segment on YouTube. Somehow that's more appropriate than the previous one. Yeah. Television. Yeah. Um, uh, My God, at that time you had Snitsky on TV who was like hanging kicking out. Kicking babies? No, like this was past the kicking babies part where he had, not many people remember this, thank God, but oh, he, his gimmick on TV was that he had a foot fetish. Oh no, I remember and, that part. <laughs> yeah, and like he'd be hanging out backstage with random women like massaging feet and shit. Oh, gosh. Um, so, yeah, there's Heidenreich. Uh, the floor is yours for this one completely. Do you remember the one-week build to, uh, I'm probably going to butcher his proper pronunciation, Kenzo Suzuki coming into the company as Hirohito? Yeah, it was like... Uh, basically, they were building him up to be like the ancestor of someone who got bombed in Hiroshima or some shit, and he yeah. was going to get his revenge on the on all Americans via wrestling. Via wrestling, yeah. You you Americans caused toxic radiation to my entire town before I was born, and now I'm going to get my revenge by putting putting you in a collar and elbow tie up. Um, yeah, fucking stupid. Kenzo Suzuki, though, like, they changed the name. They changed the name, and then they just, like, gave him a stereotypical samurai gimmick in the end. Yeah. With a white white face-painted Asian manager who just did the hand-over-mouth tee-hee-hee gimmick. Like, that uh, whole thing, and yeah. Um, that was offensive. Probably, like, can we just... You just reminded me. Can we go back and touch on 
another offensive Asian thing that happened this past week on NXT. Yeah, go on. Uh, Saray, talented wrestler. Incredibly talented. Super talented. Uh, Didn't really get that over in NXT. Uh, Got taken off TV. Has been repackaged as Japanese schoolgirl with magical necklace handed down to her by a grandmother that turns her into a sun warrior. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. She's doing a fucking Sailor Moon gimmick. Why? Because Japanese. Okay. Um, offensive? <sighs> Very. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's like Walter. Like, Walter, oh yeah, now he's Gunther. He's now Gunther. Yeah. Well, no one really knows anything about Austrian, so you're just going to be German now. Rusev, you're going to be Russian now. Um... Yeah, it's just, oh, this fucking company, man. What about Wendy Chu? Oh, that's not a bad gimmick, though. Her gimmick is that she's really sleepy all the time and she's always in her pyjamas and she's asleep backstage. But then when the bell rings, she's really good at wrestling. That's all right. It's like reverse Festus. It's kind of a Festus thing, yeah. Okay, uh... What about a few years ago when Nakamura, after he lost the uh, the world title match at... Uh, I'm, I'm half Asian, so I can get away with saying this. You mean the, uh, sorry, me no speak English? Yeah, that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, fuck. Like, he made it work, though, somehow. Like, it was kind of funny with him because he'd, like, say it and then, like, wink at Renee Young and smirk. Like, yeah, I actually can speak English. I'm just not telling you anything. But the fact that, like, without a shadow of a doubt, a white male wrote that for an Asian male to say, that makes me cringe. Yeah. Um, For any new viewers, as Alex just mentioned, he is of um, Asian descent. Yeah. That's why yeah. we, we find it important to talk about this sort of stuff. Yeah, I just find that Asian wrestlers in particular are some of the worst booked wrestlers in North American wrestling. Like, historically. Like, oh, what, when's the one time we had an Asian world champion? Oh, it's when they dressed up a, Samo- a Samoan as an Asian. <laughs> oh, Yokozuna, yeah. Like... And then every other, like, Asian wrestler we've had, like, their gimmick is that, oh, my God, they can't speak English. What an idiot. Like, like Nakamura, like, what they did with Asuka, like, Tajiri, Funaki, you name it. Like, Taka had that as a gimmick. Yeah. Yeah. Every Asian wrestler gets the gimmick of Tee-hee-hee, they can't fucking speak English. Like, fuck. Like, and now we're now we're going to, like, at least slightly more modern stereotypes with the Japanese schoolgirl thing with Saray. But fuck me. 
This is just. It's Stupid. fucking. It's offensive, man. Mm. It's just genuinely offensive. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. That's again why I thought bringing it up while we have the platform is is a good thing. Like yeah, and looking at um at uh AEW for example, and uh, well, let's just say they're they're sort of Asian women over there compared to Saray. Yeah, like I can't recall any of them, at least for me, being a white male any of them being put in a real stereotypical sort of racist gimmick. Can you? Uh, I mean, not really. I think like everyone in all that, especially while it's really only female Asians in AEW, uh, that's another discussion for another day. I would love to see some male Asian representation there. Um, yeah. Um, like with the females, like you could argue that some of the gimmicks are kind of stereotypical, but you can also argue that they came up with their own gimmicks, so it's fine. Like Yuka Sakazaki, Yuka Sakazaki, like she pretty much plays like tiny little Asian stereotype, basically. Yeah. But I think that's all her. The Emi Sakura thing's fine. That's fine. Like, even Shida coming out with the kendo stick, that's fine. Like, they're not hitting you over the head with the stereotype of it all. And they're not cutting promos about how they can't speak English. So, that's fine. And another thing is, they when they did those sit-down interviews, when um, Shida was champ, uh, going up against Thunder Rosa, they did all those pre-tapes and they let her speak in her native tongue and just captioned it down the bottom in English. Yeah. It, it, it's not that hard. Yeah. Um, I'm just having a quick look through the, the men's roster. I think the only real thing that sort of rubbed me the wrong way was that Cody, a go-go um, promo and match. But Yeah, Cody made up for it last week. Oh, yeah, that promo. I liked it. I thought it was a bit long-winded by the end. It was a little um, travelling west to go north. Yeah. Like, he went all this way, like, talking about all this Mark Mark bullshit just to say, oh, yeah, I want a ladder match with Sammy Guevara. Yeah. That's the Uh, only issue I had, but yeah. Uh, the Lucha Bros, who are Mexican, speak Mexican on, yeah. um, uh, not Mexican, uh, speak Spanish on, um, AEW. Yeah. Uh, so, they, they also have Alex Abrahantes speak for him when necessary. And they've yeah. made a whole gimmick out of that, which is great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, those are sort of the, the two bigger rosters and yeah, it's just... I'm just thinking off the top of my head, outside of maybe Ring of Honor, what at before the last couple of months, I don't think yeah there has been a, a like an Asian or a Japanese male specifically who has been world champion of either WWE, WCW, ECW, or uh, TNA. Yeah, no, it hasn't really been a thing. Like 
Uh, Chono and Fujinami both had title runs for like a week in the early 90s in WCW. And WA belt. But that was when they had two world titles in WCW. They Uh, had the WCW title and then the international title because they created a new belt when Ric Flair left with the big gold, but then Ric Flair came back with the big gold. So they did a whole, yeah. So, like, at the time it was like, I don't know, it was like Chono and Fujinami winning the world title was like kind of the equivalent of winning the WWE World Heavyweight title in 2010. Like, like... Yeah, you got the big gold, but you didn't get the spinner belt, which is the belt that really matters. Yeah, that's fair enough, too. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, no. I would just love to see some male Asian representation in AEW. And I don't know, is Abushi still injured? Sign him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where are we? Uh, Taka, Taki, Hashi, Mori. I'm uh, Morishima. Morishima. Yeah, Morishima. He won the R- Yeah. Uh, lost to Nigel McGuinness. Yeah. Uh, he Did he beat Joe or Danielson for it? Uh, he actually beat Homicide. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, and he had a banger of a title defense against Samoa Joe. Worth checking out. It's on YouTube. Okay. Um, yeah, Morishima is the, he's the, um, oh no, he's not the blonde guy that had, that's Takayama, but yeah, Morishima, big beefy dude, he looks like Asian Terry Gordy. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, he looks like, yeah, a giant Asian version of like Terry Gordy and it's great. And he just wrestles like that too, just an absolute brawler. Um, yeah, I think we're almost done for the week, mate. Yeah, yeah. Again, I just sort of wanted to bring that up because, um, I think you have more of a a presence to to speak out about that stuff than I sort of do. I'll I'll let you speak about it, mate. <laughs> you you got the license from me. Um, I mean, I've only got half a license technically. <laughs> um, yeah. Like I said, I would love to see a little bit more serious Asian male representation in wrestling. And, you know, it would be nice to see an Asian wrestler in a major North American promotion not being booked as a heel. Yep. Like... Like, Asuka, yes, she was a babyface and over as fuck. In NXT. Shinsuke, over as fuck as a babyface in NXT. But then they go up to the main roster and within a year they're both heels. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like every Asian, they're so sneaky. I'm fucking over that shit, man. (laughs) What would be the equivalent, say, let's say New Japan signs someone from America, just some new young line but they graduate the LA dojo and come across to New Japan in Japan. Yeah and what like, stereotypical yeah, American gimmick would you give I them? I got it. 
I got it. Go. Like they hit the ropes and then they stop to catch their breath and then they go to their corner and they eat a cheeseburger. Are you saying they should book cheeseburger? <laughs> no, but their gimmick should be that they're fat and they love junk food. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. And what they got um, a Canadian teammate who just says a boot and sorry. Yeah, no, <laughs> the Canadian teammate like yeah bounces off the ropes, hits the shoulder block. Oh sorry. <laughs> and then, and then like headlock. Oh sorry, sorry bud. Um, I, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's no, good. That's good. <laughs> oh yeah, we'll leave it there. <laughs> yeah, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter at Fruities Alex. You can. Check out my other podcast at Sid underscore pod, wherever you get podcasts. You can find us at WrestleOzStar with an AUS on Instagram and Twitter, and you can search us up on Facebook, Wrestling Star. Yes, and you can go back and listen to what remains of the Wrestling Star archive for free on SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, the weekly wrestling wrap on YouTube sometimes. <laughs> and more. Uh, and you can find Chris at. Oh, sorry, I forgot that part. I'm rusty. <laughs> <laughs> a bit of ring rust. Uh, you can find me at I am Chris Funder on Twitter. You can uh, come say hello to me on Twitch when I game a couple of nights a week. Uh, search up Chris Funder on Twitch. I think that's about it for today. Uh, we'll be back next week for the uh, the award show, and then. Back to regular scheduled programming from there. So I've got a giant like Dwayne Johnson wrestling figure here. It speaks. So I'll get I'll let him have the last word. Thanks, Dwayne. Uh cheers, man. <laughs> he keeps talking. Shut up, Dwayne! No, thanks, Chris. <laughs> Fucking hell, Dwayne. You make me look bad. Fuck, Dwayne! No one asked. Uh. <laughs>
Hey, if you're stuck around this song, you get a little bonus here of uh, us talking about the rumble that happened this past week. It was a thing. Um, Alex, did you enjoy the Royal Rumble? So, I had uh, a few mates come over. I put some food on the smoker. I did some chicken wings and some smoked cheese cranksies. That was beautiful. <coughs> I, ma- I made beef jerky for everyone, which was awesome. Fuck, where's uh, my invite? <laughs> yeah, yeah, mate. If you if you were allowed to even leave your bloody state, that would be good. If I'm allowed um, to leave my council area, that'd be nice. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. I'd, did all that so that was good we had good fellowship good camaraderie uh the event itself featured some really good matches in my opinion um yeah maybe uh but is in terms of the royal rumble match itself underwhelmed oh okay hot take there from uh alex but we'll get there uh, so this isn't going to be a big in detail thing on every match. Mostly the talk's going to be on the two Rumble matches themselves because they're so long. Yeah. Uh, first, did you watch any of the pre-show first? Fuck oh, no. <laughs> Good oh, man. Oh. No matches on the pre-show. Completely pointless. The one thing I said uh, got told that was really good on there actually popped up before the match later in the night. So I was like, well, if you watch the pre-show, you already saw this, and this was your toilet break before that match. And, of course, yeah. I'm talking about the uh, Lashley-Lesnar video package. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. Okay. Uh, first match of the night, Roman Reigns uh, is defending the Universal Championship. Uh, the Uzos are banned by ringside, uh, banned from ringside. <laughs> um, now... Roman comes out first, which is odd because he's the champion, okay? And then you're thinking, okay, and then Seth comes out to... Sierra, Hotel, India, Echo, Lima, Delta, Shield. And and the whole time he's walking through the crowd, he's just constantly doing his Seth Rollins laugh. He's just like, he knows his shit stirring... Roman Reigns sold it like a million bucks too. Like as soon as that Sierra hit, his eyes sort of just light up and is like just disgusted. And yeah, Seth's in his shield gear. My God, I thought that was amazing. I thought these two guys um, getting into the match itself just briefly had a really great match. What about yourself? I thought the match was great. It's just the finish, dude. I liked, yeah, um, I liked at one moment there was like that um, fist bump spot. Yeah. And the back of my mind's going, gosh, this would be the perfect moment for Ambrose to run in if he wasn't in AEW. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and um, Seth just like tried to fist bump him after he's had his ass kicked by Roman and just say like, I always love you. Ha, <laughs> Freaking crazy, Seth. Yeah. Um, now, correct me if I'm wrong. Was this a referee stoppage or a disqualification? This was a disqualification. So, um, so a- th- there was a cool spot in this disqualification where 
Roman Reigns had the guillotine on Seth Rollins and the referee did his usual thing of trying to lift the arm up. But he lifted the arm up and Seth Rollins' arm landed on the bottom rope. Yep. Which meant a rope break, but Roman Reigns didn't let go within the five seconds, so disqualification. And Uh, then Roman Reigns uh, gets his revenge from the infamous shield breakup of just repeatedly slaughtering Seth Rollins with a chair in the back. That part I liked. Yeah, it was just... They show that did, we need, did we need a disqualification finish? Like, I would have I, liked it if Roman had choked him out and then he's like, the ref's called for the bell and he's refusing to let go. So the ref's like, called for the bell to be rung again, calling for extra officials from back. So Roman lets go before the extra officials comes down, goes under the ring, grabs the chair, and then attacks him. Yeah. So you don't have like the disqualification called for. You don't have the ref calling for extra officials to help, that sort of thing. Yeah. It um, makes more sense. Just the fact that they had to go to a disqualification finish for this made me think, oh, yeah, well, they're probably going to do a rematch at Saudi Slam or whatever. Oh, but, yeah. But um, spoiler alert, they're not. <laughs> so uh, yeah. why couldn't we just have a clean finish here? We'll get to Raw in a minute, um, very briefly. But, uh, yeah, the next, uh, what is it, their jargon they're using now? It's no longer pay-per-view or network Premium event. live event. What the fuck? Play. Play. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Play. <laughs> oh god, that sounds like Trump. <laughs> um, um, no, yeah. no PPV, no PPVs anymore. It's all PLEs. Uh, that sounds fucking weird. Anyway, what, um, what happened next? They announced that it's going to be the elimination chamber. The elimination. The elimination. The eliminationiest chamber from <laughs> Saudi Arabia. Oh, uh, the greatest elimination chamber. Yeah. Oh, man. Just, I don't know. It is what it is. This yeah. deal's not going away anytime soon. Uh, I mean, I'd rather them have the elimination chamber between Mania and the Rumble. It sort of gives a reason for the chamber. But... We'll discuss it a bit later because they've kind of thrown away the reason why they could have that chamber. But anyway. It's got to go through fast lane and then roadblock. End of the line. Yep. Stupid pay-per-view names. Bring back Great Balls of Fire and put that in Saudi Arabia, why don't you? Give us St. Valentine's Day Massacre, you cowards. No, we have to have, what is it? V-Day or whatever. Vengeance Day. Vengeance Day, that's it. Um, So we'll go on to the Women's Raw Rumble here. I'm going to read out all the participants, then we can just talk about any um, spots or that at the end. Yeah. Okay, so coming in, number one was Sasha Banks, dressed in a Sailor Moon attire. Uh, Mm. Number two was... (laughs) You can get on that in a moment. (laughs) Yeah. Number two was Melina with her full paparazzi entrance. And the crowd had a big pop for her doing the splits on the entrance. Yep. Number three, Tamina, 
Number four, that ECW original, Kelly Kelly. Yeah. Number five, Aaliyah. Number six, Liv Morgan. Number seven, Zelina Vega, who is the uh, women's tag team champion but didn't come out with her title. Number eight, Bianca Belair. Number nine, Dana Brooke. Number 10, the undead bride, Michelle McCool. Michelle, Michelle McCool. <laughs> you got that voice down pretty good. Yeah, but Number 11, the part-time general manager type authority figure. I don't know what the hell her official title is. Sonia Deville. But when her jacket's on, she's an official. When her jacket's not on, she's a wrestler. That's jacket time. Character. Done. She's, she's joining jacket time. Please tweet that out right now <laughs> as I run through the rest of these names. I can't believe nobody brought up that reference. Um, <laughs> number 11, Natalia. Number 13, Cameron, who Sonia, who is supposed to be the GM of this product and focusing on the women's division, had to be informed by Corey Graves that Cameron was the partner of Naomi when they joined WWE. Fuck me. So at this point, Sonya enters to fry out Cameron, and as Cameron's eliminated, then comes in Naomi at 14. Number 15 is Carmella, the second half of the women's champions, but she enters without her title. Mm. Number 16 is Rhea Ripley, who at this point, throws Carmella into the ring because she was waiting ringside. Number 17 was Charlotte Flair. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Did Charlotte have the SmackDown Women's Championship when she made her entrance? She did, yes. Okay, so we can see the level of importance on different titles here. Yeah, yeah. Number 18 is Hall of Fame Ivory, but she comes out as right to censor Ivory. Uh, Gets on the apron, enters the ring. Rhea just picks her up. Tosses her, like, throws her, uh, not throws her, places her on the other side of the ropes and then just kind of shoves her and Ivory's eliminated in uh, 25 Ivory has the microphone in her hand cutting a promo through all of that. <laughs> just brilliant. Number yep. 19. Free mode! <laughs> My God. When that hit, <laughs> oh, it's just when you're not expecting it. That's when it pierces the ears <laughs> the most. <laughs> number nine, uh, number twenty, hardcore country, Mickey now, James, now. Impact, Mickey James, this with is the, the title. <laughs> Unlike the women's tag titles, even the Impact title was allowed to come out. So Mickey enters. She runs down the ring. She sort of holds up the title before entering, and Michelle McCool sort of steps out, uh, bumps Mickey. Mickey drops the title, and Michelle steps over the title. She doesn't step on it. I went back to watch it a couple of times. Oh, right. Um, and then they get in the ring. They have their spots. Number 21 is the legend Alicia Fox. Oh, my God. The legend's in this. <laughs> you complain about the legends in this just wait until we get to the men's number 22 is Nikki A.S.H who Rhea is just staring down the entranceway fixated on this entrance Nikki runs in from the timekeeper trying to eliminate Rhea quickly but uh, is unsuccessful 
Number 23 is the legend Summer Ray. Mm-hmm. Number 24 is the Hall of Famer Nikki Bella. Uh, number 25 is Sarah Logan, who comes out and is eliminated fairly quickly. Yeah. Uh, number 26, Hall of Famer Lita, who got a massive ovation. Yeah. Number 27, Marty Molly. Uh, Molly Holly in a superhero persona, sort of making her way to the ring, doing the old Molly, Marty Molly wave to the crowd. And this was brilliant. She gets uh, down the entranceway by ringside, and there's the barriers like that separate around the ringside area. So it's a big square instead, just a long rectangle of the ramp. So you sort of understand in a radio sense where I mean. She gets mm-hmm. to there, and the camera doesn't catch it. Nikki ASH just runs in, spears her, starts beating up Marty Molly, throws her in the ring, and then rips off her cape and says, I'm like, says like uh, something to like, I'm the only superhero, throws it over the top rope, and then throws her out. Yeah. In this moment, it made me care about Nikki. (laughs) So quickly, I cringed when Marty Molly made yet another appearance in a rumble. It was like the Kelly Kelly thing where every year you get Kelly Kelly and every year you get Marty Molly. But as soon as the Nikki A.S.H. thing started to happen with Mighty Molly, I was like, you know what? This makes sense. I love it. Yep. Uh, yeah. So she's tossed out fairly quickly. Number 28, uh, making her return, Ronda Rousey. Big ovation. Mm. Number 29, Tank Girl, Shotzi Blackheart with no tank. Yep. Number 30 is... Uh, the final entrance here is, excuse me, uh, the, the, what is it? The Queen of Spades? Yeah, yeah. The Queen of Spades, Shayna Baszler. I was going to say Ace of Spades, but isn't that a Motorhead song? That is a Motorhead song. So, um, um, Shayna Baszler, a woman I completely forgot was still in the company. A woman who's been mishandled for the past two and a half years in this company. Yeah. Um. She comes out, the camera cuts to Rousey, who just has a big smile on her face. And whoever Rhonda's working over in the corner, Shana charges in, Rhonda steps back, and Shana does like this big step-up knee to him. I'm just like, okay. It looks like they're going to care about Shana again. Every um, year every year at the Rumble, Shana's constantly looking really strong in it. But it's just the rest of the year that the problem is. The follow-up, yeah. Yeah. Um, so any big spots or anything here you want to touch on from the Rumble itself? Any um, sort of stare-downs or anything in particular or any so, big eliminations? So people can complain about, like, oh, why the fuck they bringing back Cameron and, like, some of the quote-unquote legends. But like I said with Molly Holly, with Cameron, it made sense from a storyline standpoint, so I loved that. Like, I didn't love it, but it made sense. And it's annoying that Cameron returns in the same match that Melina and Alicia Fox were in, that we didn't get, like, uh, the three of them intermingling. Because if we all recall from that tough enough season, Cameron's favorite match of all time was Melina versus Alicia Fox. Oh, yes. Yeah, so just like, Stone Cold just goes, what? Yeah, yeah. Uh, God damn, kid. 
What's wrong with you? Um, hey, it's a good match. <laughs> yeah, it was just like, oh man, it was a missed opportunity there. Like they could have just had them, had all three of them in the ring at the same time, just do a two second stare down of like Melina and Alicia Fox, like staring each other down, and you just have Cameron in the background, just like marking out. <laughs> Like, missed opportunity. Yeah. Um, looking at this sort of list of legends, um, Melina and Kelly Kelly were just sort of there as cannon fodder for Sasha to get a couple of eliminations. Cameron added to the Sonya Deville, Naomi storyline that I just wish would frickin' end, but yeah. is probably going to frickin' WrestleMania. Uh, Michelle McCool and Mickey James. Mickey Jane's finally getting her revenge for the the Piggy Jane's gang to eliminate Michelle McCall here. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. Um, did you see she sort of did the the nose thing as she eliminated her? Yeah, the camera yeah. just sort of briefly caught it. Yeah, yeah, it was great. It was great. Like as soon as as soon as Mickey James came out and like Michelle McCall attacked her, I just immediately yelled out, "Piggy James!" <laughs> Um, what did the rest of the party have to say? Uh, like Warwick remembered. Um, but yeah, like that was great. That was a good callback. Uh, like Sarah Logan, like coming out when, like as much as that's like, why? Like why bring back Sarah Logan? But the timing was really good. Like Liv Morgan's getting beat down in the corner by the Bellas and then Sarah Logan comes out and lives like finally I got a friend here to help help me, which was a nice little touch. But yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if Sarah's staying around if they're going to do a match, a tag match with the Bellas. That's sort know. of that's sort of the um, hint I got from that was that it sort of wasn't over. But maybe what happened later on in the match, maybe the Bellas are going somewhere else. Uh. Yeah, that's sort of all the legends there. Summer Rae was just sort of there as someone for Natty to get an elimination. Lita all looked of... amazing in this match, by the way. Oh, absolutely. Um, and yeah, we touched on the balance. So that's all of the, the legends in the Hall of Fame from there. Mickey James. Props to her. She could have just said, no, I'm not coming back because of yeah. what happened. Yeah. She said, no, I'm coming back on my terms. I'm doing my impact persona with my impact music and i'm bringing out the impact championship it was like legit like the graphic like on their titan tron was the graphic they use in impact so it wasn't just like her music it was her titan tron it was the entire presentation was impact but did you notice one weird thing they referred to her and like even on her nameplate graphic, it wasn't Impact Knockouts champion, it was Impact Women's champion. Yeah, I noticed that. And the first thing I thought was, oh, so they're going to do the thing like um, how TNA did the thing with the New Japan titles, call it the, the what was it? The Instead of IWGP, they called it the New Japan Pro Wrestling Tag Champions. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Or Thanks. like uh, when WCW had the Triple um, A champion in Conan, they just called him the Mexican heavyweight champion. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's just 
concession thing. Uh, we don't like the term knockouts because we got rid of the term divas, maybe. Yeah, it's probably just to make it sound, just for the casual audience, to make it make them understand a bit more what it's on level with, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, women's rumble comes down to, as I bring up the eliminations here, uh, so your final five are final six, Lita, Rhea Ripley, Shayna Baszler, Bianca Belair, Charlotte Flair, and Ronda Rousey. And this is when I panicked. <laughs> Lita is eliminated by Charlotte. Then Rhea uh, is eliminated by Charlotte. Then both, it gets down to four. And Charlotte eliminates both Shayna Baszler and Bianca Belair in one move. And I'm yep. like, oh, fuck. Yep. And then I'm like, okay, maybe we'll get a bit of a bit of a showdown, a bit of a stare down here. And nope, Charlotte is quickly eliminated by Ronda, and I'm just like, oh, okay then. I guess I guess that's the thing. Um, maybe we'll get more of a more of a final stare down in the men's tonight, and we'll see how that goes. But um, other than just sort of the unusual fast ending to a rumble match where it's usually drawn out for a little bit with your final four, your final three, your final two. Yeah. I thought, I thought this was pretty good. I thought the women's match really delivered this year. Um, yeah. Two I thumbs th- up. I thought so too. Um, I, I'm like, I do have issues with Ronda Rousey, but I get it. She, she's star power. Yeah. And I, I kind of marked out a little bit when her music hit, even though I was 100% expecting her to come in and win it. Um, I would have liked it if, like, Lita won it, though. And we just, like, whatever title Ronda's not going for, Lita is going for. Yeah, well... Just okay. one last run for Lita. Yeah. But we'll talk about that later. Um... Yeah, so we go on to the rest of the show here. Becky defeats Dewdrop by pinfall yeah, to retain her <laughs> women's championship. But I don't know if you saw this at the time. A large portion of the crowd was distracted. Mm-hmm. Not because the match was lit and on fire. The WrestleMania sign itself was on fire. Yep. So uh, if you heard uh, the live crowd do a big cheer at an odd point during Becky versus Dewdrop. It's because the uh, staff actually put out the WrestleMania sign and they were lifting it back up so the crowd could go back and sit to watch the rest of the show. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, they worked with what they had. The match was okay. I, I thought it was a pretty decent match. Like, I didn't really notice at the time live but i sort of went back and rewatched it i thought it was pretty good yeah uh becky oh sorry bobby lashley with mvp versus brock lesnar with paul Heyman. where uh this goes 10 10 15 for the wwe championship brock your champion is defeated by pinfall by bobby lashley put a bit of an asterisk next to that the ref was down and we got some outside interference yeah, Roman Reigns comes in and Paul Heyman joins up with Roman Reigns and turns his back on Brock Lesnar. Who would have thought? And that's immediately where 
everyone goes, all right, Brock's winning the Rumble then. Yep. Um, that's what I thought too. Um, then we go on to our co-main event of the night, the It Couple, Miz and Maurice versus the Grit Couple. No, it's not Gritty and Mrs. Gritty. It's Edge and Beth Phoenix. Yeah. This match. Felt I did not long. enjoy this match. Felt long. It was only 12 minutes, but it felt real long. I did not enjoy this. Um, a lot of the time I was thinking, this should be John Morrison and... Um, and um, Tyre. Frankie yeah. Monet. Yeah. Yeah. And I was thinking, if they're doing Edge and Beth now, what are you doing for Mania? Like, shouldn't you be doing a singles match now and have Miz, like, knock uh, Maurice's, like, um, Beth's foot off the rope so Maurice wins and that leads up to a mixed match challenge where either one can't interfere? Nah, Edge needs to be in a singles match at Mania, hopefully against someone important. Uh, I'm call- I'm calling it now. It's going to be Edge versus AJ at WrestleMania. Okay, I wouldn't mind that. Um, yeah. Other than that, this match was just yeah my toilet break match. I did not enjoy this, and the fact they're just trying to constantly get Rick Couple over. I'm just thinking of that stupid ice hockey mascot, Gritty. Okay, yeah, that reference goes over my head, but okay, hang on. I'll see if I can bring him up for you. But yeah, um, do the Google machine. I did like turn around and say to Warwick and Ryan, who was there, who's also a listener of the pod and in particular, in particular Fugs. I said, Oh, I've seen that dude, dude before. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what Um, I kept thinking when Edge was in the ring. I'm like, Oh, he's gritty. (laughs) Um, I I turned around and I said to Ryan and Warwick, uh, now that Beth Phoenix and Edge is actually a team on real wrestling television, it sort of ruins my want to book them together in Fugs. Because, like, I've been doing the whole thing with Edge and Beth Phoenix together in Fugs, and I was like, oh, that's cool, because it hasn't been done before. But now it's been done, so... I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> Just you wait until they book uh, Undertaker and Michelle McCool. Fuck. Oh, I want that so bad. Give us the grit couple against the um, the dead couple. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, final match of the night is your 30-man Royal Rumble match for, the, for a men's world championship at WrestleMania. WrestleMania 38. Jeez, I feel old. Mm. So, uh, again, just going through the uh, the entrance here. Number one, AJ Styles. Number two, Shinsuke Nakamura. And you know well, what? winner. <laughs> yeah, and I was thinking, you know what? These two are having a pretty good match so far. Yeah. One, one and two. Uh, number three, Austin Fury. Number four, Robert Roode. Number five, Ridge Holland. Number six, Montez Ford, number seven, Damian Priest, number eight, Sami Zayn. Um, so all these are all on SmackDown and like the women's, if I didn't mention what Brent, uh, if they were a legend or um, a Hall of Famer, then they're on Raw or SmackDown. Number nine, 
Johnny Knoxville, who's accompanied by Wee Man and a couple of the other jackass crew. Uh, it's not actual Wee Man. It's like another Wee Man. Okay. Wee Man the yeah. second. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And then it was like Preston was there as well. I, I don't know. I barely remember Jackass, but yeah, I used to watch it heaps. This just made me go, oh, you're actually that old now. This makes me sad for you. Yeah, and it's like, I don't know. I popped pretty hard just to hear the Jackass music, though. Yeah. I, I just thought hearing that just brought back a flash of nostalgia I didn't realise I had. So that was kind of cool for me. But, like, and he comes out in his best, like, Jim Cornette, Andy Kaufman-style sort of, like, bodysuit with pads over the top of it. I thought it was fine. Yeah. Uh, number 10, Angelo Dawkins. Number 11, Omos. Number 12, Ricochet. Uh, number 13, Chad Gable. Number 14, Dominic Mysterio. Number mm. 15, Happy Corbin. Number 16, Dolph Ziggler. Number 17, Sheamus. Number 18, Rick Bogues. Number 19, Mad Cat Moss. Number 20, Riddle. Number 21, Drew McIntyre. Number 22, Kevin Owens. Number 23, Rey Mysterio. Uh, number 24, Kofi Kingston, who, unfortunately, Kofi went to kind of catch himself on the, um, the padded guardrail. Yep. And he miscalculated his jump, and both his feet hit the floor. So Kofi was out early, and we got no uh, Kofi spot this year in either no. either Rumble. No. No, that sucked. That sucked hard. But uh, I think it kind of adds to the Kofi spot that he actually didn't get to do one this year. It shows that he is human, that they are actually impressive. Yeah. So, so in botching, he's made them all the more impressive. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I was trying to say, is, like, in botching that, it makes everything else in hindsight seem like, holy fuck, how did he not botch that? Uh, number 25, Otis. Uh, number 26, Big E. And then we have uh, two sort of uh, surprises here back-to-back. -back. Number 27, Bad Bunny. Kinda okay. popped for it. Kinda popped. <laughs> Number 28. Here comes the money! Yeah. Shane McMahon. Dan the Mouth Lafrensky's favourite wrestler. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's just say uh, there wasn't much of a reaction when his music hit at the Williams household. <laughs> oh. Shame. Now, yeah. Going to that, number 29 in a 30-man Royal Rumble in St. Louis, Missouri. Yep. Your hometown wrestler, Randy Orton. Huge pop comes in 29th. What's wrong with that? Uh, wouldn't you want him in earlier? I, I think, like, yeah, there's an argument for that. He much probably should have come out and like been the Iron Man of this Rumble, if he can. Yeah. Uh, that's probably right, but still saving for the pop and growing anticipation for that hometown pop, there's an argument for that too. Yeah, I guess. I guess we'll get there in a minute. And number 30, <laughs> I'm surprised this man 
got an entry on such short notice, and it just so happened to be the number 30 spot, especially since he lost his advocate, Brock Lesnar. Well, did you see the explanation on Twitter? No, I kind of give up on WWE socials. If they're not going to put on their TV and, and it's <laughs> at a stupid time for us, I, it gets lost in Twitter. So, um, you know how there was lots of rumours about Corey Graves being cleared and he might be in the Rumble? No. Uh, well, Co- Corey Graves was medically cleared and there was like rumours saying that he might have an appearance in the Rumble. Anyway, Corey Graves tweeted out that uh, Brock Lesnar uh, abused him and stole his spot for the Rumble. So there's your explanation. (laughs) Brock Lesnar bullied Corey Graves into giving him number 30. (laughs) Okay, but has it been mentioned once on TV that Corey's looking to come back in ring, that Corey's clear to wrestle. No, it was a <laughs> joke. It was a, it was a joke tweet. Come oh, on. okay. Yeah. Oh, well, that's probably about as, as much explanation as they put into it. I, I miss the old days where you'd have to qualify for the Rumble. You've got enough people you can do qualify for freaking uh, some spots. Dude, this Rumble sucked Ass, dude. Thank you. Um, so your focus was on Johnny Knoxville, non-wrestler, Bad Bunny, non-wrestler, Shane McMahon, who's never should... been a wrestler. Okay, thank you. You said it. <laughs> and of all your new people, Rick Bogues? Rick Boogs? Yeah, Rick Boogs. He got a huge amount of spotlight in this match. So, all I was thinking, have you ever, like, gone back and watched a mid-90s rumble and, like, seen, like, characters like Duke the Dumpster Drossy or shit like that and been like, ugh, that ages horribly? Or, like, oh, can't believe these, like, shitty, like, undercarders they had back in the day. Yeah. Like, watching this rumble, I had that, like, instantly, like, holy fuck. Rick Boogs, Madcap Moss, like this rumble is gonna be like a collection of who the fuck's that in five years' time. Oh yeah. Um like this was filled with like this was probably the most like modern, like up-to-date modern roster they've had. Like in terms of most entrance from a modern roster that they've had in a rumble in years. Yeah. Like not relying on legends and all that. And I think we learned this year that as much as people are like, Oh, stop bringing back part timers and legends and all that sort of shit. I think we learned like most of the current roster came out to crickets. Like, (laughs) like, Half half of them, their music hit, and I didn't know who the fuck was coming out. Like, Austin Theory, I couldn't tell you what his music sounds like. Damien Priest has new music, so I had no idea who the fuck that was. Sami Zayn's music's all kind of fucked up now. Omos, fucking Chad Gable, Dominic, Happy Corbin, Madcap Moss, Boogs. Fucking list goes on. Otis, people uh, with music that no one will pop for. 
Yeah. Oh, man. Um, and that's half the... Oh, Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode, both guys with really recognisable music, don't have their music anymore. So you can add them to the list as well. Yep. Um, Dear God, this... Yeah. This Rumble sucked. And, like, in the Women's Rumble, you had that... Um, that anchor, that iron woman in Bianca Belair who lasted 47 minutes, uh, like going down to the last few, coming in at number eight. You You didn't even have that in this match. You had AJ lasting half an hour, but after, like after he was gone, who was there? Because he eliminated Austin Fury, who was 22 minutes. And then Dolph Ziggler lasted 20 minutes. But he yeah. was eliminated by Ray and Bad Bunny. And it's just kind of like, who's that Who's that person who carried this rumble? I'm like, yes, it was AJ. But once he was gone, that's where Randy should have come out to sort of anchor the second half of this rumble. i quickly have a look at who spent the shortest amount of time in this match. Yeah, it's not. Oh, my gosh. It's not even Kofi with his botch. It's not Johnny Knoxville. It's Robert Roode. 54 seconds, the first elimination. No, Kofi by... had 21 seconds. Okay, it's just this tally's yeah. gone wrong. So Kofi um, had 21 seconds because of his botch. Then Robert Roode, 54 seconds then by AJ. Num- then look at number six out of the shortest. Uh, Brock? Yeah, so we got a new record this year. Brock Lesnar is now the person to have won the Royal Rumble match being in the ring the shortest amount of time. What's the record before that? Seven and a half minutes by Edge at twenty at the 2010 Royal Rumble when Edge won at 29. Um, oh, so Brock Lesnar was in this match for two minutes and 30 seconds and eliminated five people and won the entire match. How long was Ronda in? Because she eliminated eliminated four and she was in for 10 minutes and she Um, came in at 28. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So who Brock eliminated? Let's see. Brock eliminated Auden, Shane McMahon, Bad Bunny, Drew McIntyre, and Riddle. Yeah, like... Like, if you remove Shane and Bad Bunny, that's, like, three of your most heavily featured guys in the last couple of years. Jeez, that is kind of bad. Um, uh, I was honestly just, like, at one point, I'm like, I'm just hoping we get a bullshit riddle win here. Just fuck it. He's yeah. the, the most featured character on Raw. I'm down for Riddle and Lashley at Mania. Fuck it. But even look at this final uh, final six here. You have Otis. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Final six here. You have Otis, Randy Orton, Bad Bunny, Riddle, Shane McMahon, Drew McIntyre, and Brock Lesnar. Of those people who, who could possibly win a Rumble and headline Mania, you have Orton, Drew, and Brock. You don't think they wouldn't try to fucking main event Mania with either Shane or Bad Bunny? 
I think having them uh, win the Rumble to main event is a bridge too far, especially Shane uh, at his age now. I think there might have been a genuine discussion about having Bad Bunny win this whole thing. Legit. I think there was a chance they had that discussion. The only reason why they couldn't do it is because Bad Bunny's meant to be on tour in Florida and performing both nights of WrestleMania. Um, um, let's have a look at the men's rumble last year. I want to see what um, legends they brought in last year for the men's. Just uh, I can remember a few off the top of my head. Okay, go on. Carlito. Yeah. Uh, I think Hurricane was in it. Yeah. I could be wrong. Um, Christian. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think that's the three I remember. I think there were some NXT people as well. So the only two that you forgot were Kane. Oh, yeah, that doesn't count. Come on. Uh, and Damien Priest making his uh, call-up from NXT. Yeah. So, like, last year, I mean, all credit to Hurricane and Carlito, like, they're not exactly massive, uh, massive names. In Carlito looks great, though. I'm oh, yeah, sh- he looked great. I'm shocked they haven't brought him back yet. I'm just saying to the casual fan, like, in terms of those for, for a Rumble return, like, you say, oh, Kane, hell yeah, Hurricane. Some people might go, huh? But having a legend is better than having no legend. Like, I I don't even mind the occasional hurricane spot in the Rumble. Like, in the Women's Rumble, you got your comedy, your comedy sort of shit to sort of change the pace a bit with Ivory. And you didn't have that in the Men's Rumble. There was no change of pace. There was no change of tone. Like, you could have fucking sent R-Truth out there and had him think it was a Money in the Bank ladder match again. It's just something stupid. Where's, yeah, where's Reggie with frickin' 24-7 uh, title? I know Dana Brooke has it, but you could have had he, him. He, he came out with Dana Brooke. He's like a manager now or some yeah, shit. No. I don't know. I think Dana actually came to the ring with the 24-7 title. And the, yeah, that and means the more than the Rumble. women's tag titles. Oh, jeez. Um, yeah, like, where's... You could have put Miz in this rumble. He wasn't in there. Edge wasn't in here. Xavier Woods. Is he injured? He's rumor the king is at the his, moment, isn't he? Yeah, rumour is that he's injured, but... Yeah. Okay, I'm just trying to think who else you could have put in here. Uh, can can we talk about the booking of former WWE champion Big E in this match? Oh, the floor is yours, my friend, and then we probably should wrap things up. Uh, what was he in for? Three minutes? Six. Six minutes. Yeah, yep. 6.37 it says here. No eliminations. And just randomly eliminated by Riddle and Orton. And also when he ran in, you know, most people at a Rumble match, they run in, they get to hit a few flashy moves, and then then they migrate to the corner and do that old spiel. He 
maybe hit a move and then immediately he was getting beat down on. Like, they don't give a fuck about Big E anymore. I wonder if, like, he was supposed to do more with Kofi and once Kofi was eliminated early, he just sort of lost his spot. I don't know, but... Because Kofi did, came did in you two say spots that... before him. Did you say that Big E's been moved to SmackDown? Like, no. No, ex- no explanation, and he's just been randomly moved to SmackDown? No. I just realised that. Yeah. That's another odd thing. Um, Quickly, should we talk about Raw? Yeah, I sort of watched dribs and drabs of it. I loved the opening segment with Lashley and Brock. I thought that okay. was great. I missed that, but watching most of these Elimination Chamber matches, and we're, what, 2nd of November? No, Jesus, November. I am February. <laughs> Bad. So they got one, they got two weeks to fill out this Elimination Chamber. And they're like, the Elimination Chamber will be in Saudi Arabia. Okay, we already knew that, but it will be. For the Raw Men's Championship. Uh, what's that one? WWE Championship. And I'm just like, okay, well, I guess Brock's won the Rumble. He's going to piss off elsewhere. And the first entrant will be Bobby Lashley. Okay, that makes sense. And his first challenger will be Brock Lesnar. And I'm just like, okay, then. Yeah. I guess Brock's if, shooting for two titles still. If you saw, yeah, if you saw the opening segment, Brock Lesnar interrupts Bobby Lashley in the opener. In the opening promo, Brock is completely in his ring gear and he wants his rematch for the title. Yeah. And Bobby Lashley declines and Brock's like, I want... Uh, Brock Lesnar announces that he wants Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, but he wants to unify the titles. (laughs) They mean nothing. Yeah. Um... They here's, mean... my, here's my issue, right? Yeah. They've been handed us a, a fucking easy hitter here. All right. How are you going to come up with a challenger for the other title at WrestleMania? If they're not going to unify it. Elimination yeah. Chamber. You just throw six people in there. Winner gets to go to WrestleMania. But no, they're doing it for the title that's not announced on the line at WrestleMania. So now how are they going to come up with a contender? So this makes me genuinely believe that either they're dumb as fuck or they are... We've past them. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's a very high possibility. (laughs) Or they're just flat out unifying the titles. Uh, Given what's going on with um, Ronda as well, Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. they're looking at unifying all um, split titles again, and just having roaming champions on both both brands. I mean, they've like when they did the brand split all over again, it was because their main roster they just didn't release people back then, like six years ago. Nowadays, like they struggle to fill up a bloody rumble. Rumble a rumble without subjecting us to the madcap mosses and the Rick Boogs of the world. So, and without subjecting us to 
his returning legend, Summer Ray and Sarah Logan. Um, so, <laughs> I, I, I think, legend Sarah Logan. Fuck yeah. Uh, so, I think it might be time to just completely end the brand split, not just unify the titles. I think they just don't have the depth for it anymore. By the way, I just I keep forgetting this. Where the yeah. fuck was Finn Balor at the Rumble? Future endeavoured. Finn. I, no, I don't know. I don't yeah. think so, but maybe he's going to be. Yeah, that that's what I'm thinking. Like this c- considering the people that did get a gig in the Rumble, like as much as I think the street profits are talented, normally they don't waste like two Rumble spots on a non-focused tag team. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it was just like, this is on. bad for I'll Finn. I'll bring up the, the roster in a moment and see if he's listed as injured. He's, he was on Raw last week. He lost to Austin Theory on Raw last week. Hey, we're going to protect Austin Theory. It's the new McMahon Theory. Uh, McMahon Austin. (laughs) And also McMahon Theory. Well, here is my Austin Theory theory. Uh, Who's who's, um, hanging out with Austin Theory or what on TV? I don't know. Who? Vince. Yeah. Who just returned at the Rumble? Shane. What match are we getting at WrestleMania? Shane v. Austin. McMahon v. Austin. McMahon v. Austin. Yep. Uh, yeah, okay. We'll, we'll put we're getting Shane and Austin theory at WrestleMania. I mean, I wouldn't say no. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say yes either. <laughs> I'd rather keep the free. <laughs> yeah. Um, quickly, before we go, so... Uh, yeah, it looks like we're getting Lita and Becky. Hell yes. Inject that yep. into my veins. Yeah, We'll yes, be watching please. that despite the fact it's on Saudi mania. Yeah, and I'm good. It's going to suck, like, watching, of all people, like, Lita having to be, like, wearing a long sleeve sh- shirt and, like, baggy pants and just completely head to toe covered. But, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And they filled up every spot in the chamber. In um, what was it in in one night? Yeah, and you know, uh, Seth Rollins coming out despite being murdered by a steel chair. Um, seemingly, like he said, he was hurt, but he didn't really show it. <laughs> no. Also, this freaking scooter race. I'm watching this with my friend who's just got back from um, being in the States, so they're just watching wrestling again for, like, the first time in a year. And she's going, what the fuck's going on? I'm going, don't look at me. Yeah, that sucked, man. And this leads to Matt Riddle being blindsided from in front of him where he's frozen with fear that Otis is charging him and he can't go two steps to cross a finish line. That then leads to Adam Pearce making a match between the two with the stipulation of it being for an elimination chamber spot out of the blue. So you're saying that if Riddle had won this race and Otis Han attacked him, you wouldn't have given these two a spot in the elimination chamber. Yeah, it was a scooter race for a spot at the title. Yeah. Oh, 
this fucking company. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, honestly, though, the, I haven't, I haven't hated the Alpha Academy versus RK Bro feud, but this scooter race was kind of shitty. Last week with the spelling bee was very fun. Oh, did you see Botchamania yet? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he misspells it, <laughs> and yeah. they say it's correct. Yeah, yeah, he missed like half of the letters too. Um, oh, there, he there as was good as me. There was a couple of good spots in that spelling bee, though, where we got to see gl- glimpses of the old Otis come back, which I marked out for. Like at one point, he goes, "Oh yeah," and it, and like at, during this scooter race, he offers Chad Gable a drink, but it's just steak sauce. <laughs> <laughs> Chad, yeah. Gable, Chad Gable has a little sip and he goes, Oh, it's too much sodium. Oh, gosh. But yeah. Yeah, my friend was not impressed with why these guys in swimming suits and why they're racing scooters yeah. and, and why, if they have to do laps, they aren't <laughs> passing the commentary desk every time. Like, Chad Gable's trying to explain that th- these are like state of the art aerodynamic, like, uh, suits that his friends in, that went in the Olympics for speed skating wear, but they've blatantly got Quicksilver logos right on the chest. Every Aussie knows that. Yeah, like maybe you might sneak that past some Americans, but you're not getting it past us. <laughs> They're fucking rashies, dude. <laughs> rashies. Oh, gosh. Oh, man. I think we've waffled on long enough. Um, yeah. Yeah. You've already heard where you can find us all. This is just a bonus for the Rumble as we get back into regular scheduled programming. It's going to be fun. Fun year ahead. Yeah. Okay. uh, Your thoughts on the Royal Rumble. How many beers? Uh, I will give it two beers for the actual show itself. I thought every match actually delivered despite the fact that every single title match going into it was heel versus heel. Um, every single title match did deliver, but two out of six because of the rumble matches themselves, which were like, I enjoyed the women's one, but it was still flawed. Um, the men's one is just one of the worst of all time. Uh, just you won't make you do a watch along of 1994 rumble. Yep. Because 93 is the one where... Is it 93 or 92 where Flair wins? 92 Flair wins. So before um this week, before the Rumble, I went back and watched like a lot of Rumble matches. Oh, no. That's and, why it sucked even more for you. Like, I watched... The last one I watched before this year's one came on live was the 94 Rumble. And I was like... Fuck, I'd rather watch that again. And that tells you something. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, just name a couple of the quick names that we could see in a in a 94 Rumble. Uh, Evil Crush. Uh, um, <laughs> Evil Crush. Crush, uh, <laughs> Evil Crush, though. He, he started learning martial arts and was mentored by... Um, Mr. Fuji and oh my had... god, this era of crush. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, with the face paint and shit. <laughs> yes. Um, fucking Bo- S- spark plug Bob Holly was in there. <laughs> fucking, I think I think the dumpster Drosy was in there, like Doink the Clown. Um, yeah, making just kids cry, bruh. <laughs> making kids cry, bruh. Uh, but for every like shit gimmick they had, they also had like Diesel like going nuts, eliminating people, which was fun. They had Shawn Michaels in there. They had Bret Hart. They had Lex Luger. They had the British Bulldog. For every shit person, there was another equally good person. So it was like 50-50 sort of split. But yeah. this year's was just sort of a 10-20 split, if that. Well, like, looking at the 30 people from this year, realistically, how many winners could you have had out of it? Like... Maybe five? Mm. Maybe five. And that's being generous. Like, if you ignore AJ Styles' current booking, you could say him. But if you take into consideration how he's been booked, not him. Uh, Owens? I would say if you look into consideration his current booking, he's not a contender. No. Or like, stuck in the tag division. Yeah, you you can't really consider him or Riddle because they're tag guys now. I mean, I would have said Big E before his involvement in this match. Ex- exactly. Like, I, I would say Big E was maybe a contender, but where has he been the last month or so since I he guess, lost the title? Yeah, it's so weird the guys they put focus on. Okay, we're going in loops now. Uh, yeah, but anyway, like, at least in 94, there was contenders to win it. This year, there was, like, no contenders out of everyone announced. Okay, and with that being said, we shall bid you a final adieu. You know what's really surprising? What? I'm still waiting on the debut of Veer. Where's Veer? People should oh. be asking where's Veer in their rumble. My God. We had time for fucking Madcap Moss, but they couldn't throw Veer in there. 
I know you'd be angry. <laughs> fucking madcap Moss and his stupid suspenders looking fucking... What a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> no, no socks and his little loafers and his suspenders and his shorts. What a fucking idiot. Oh, yeah. Well, that's enough ripping on everyone about the Rumble. See you next time. <laughs> Fuck Madcap Moss. <laughs> Fuck the Rick Boogs. <laughs>